Lance Hamilton here. Time to have another chat. Another Wednesday has arrived. Australia, you're doing pretty well. Less cases everywhere in the country except Victoria. Come on, guys. I want to come down and visit you in August. Look, it is time to talk about the week that has been. And as I mentioned in my podcast last week, I turned 36 on Friday and it was an absolute cracker of a birthday. I have to say... You know what? This sort of isolation birthday, it worked out well for me. I just felt loved all weekend. Um, I uh, got a bit of complaint from my nephew, Sam, if you're listening right now, that last year when I was 35 and the last week I did a TikTok video, he's like, come on, Uncle Az, really? Do you have to go down that path? Do not get addicted to TikTok. I said, Sam, that's the last one. I've done it. I've done my TikTok. It was in my 35th year. Now 36. Doesn't matter. No more TikTok um, for my birthday. Do have to be big shout-outs to a couple of people before we get into the podcast. Because, like, just so you know, uh, the weekend was just so much fun. Um, my wife absolutely spoiled me rotten um, with a bunch of gifts. She made me a pavlova. And then there was a family that I did big shout-outs to the widows, especially their daughter, Eva, who made me a cake that was literally a wagon wheel cake. And if you know me, you know that, like, cakes kind of a way to my heart for my birthday and wagon wheels. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Lots and lots of food. It was a good weekend of food. Like, I think this next year, I think I'm on a diet. I don't think I'm allowed to eat, actually, for another year. Uh, I think that's the rule. Uh, <laughs> I'm on a fast from now on. But anyway, it was a good birthday. Um, and I'm excited about this week. I'm excited about the new year. You know how everyone writes on your card. I hope 2020 is your best year yet. Well, yeah, uh, we'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. Um... I do have to talk to you today about something because <laughs> it's 2020. <coughs> got the COVID. No, I've just got a... It's, it's morning and I, I don't know why, but my voice has just got a little bit of a croak in it. Anyway, um, I do want to talk about 2020 a bit because uh, obviously this week, a lot of grade 12 students are going back to school, grade 11 students and the preppies. Uh, great combo for school. And I do want to send a, especially a big hello and um, a bit of sympathy to the grade 12s. Today is kind of, I want to chat to you guys because this year has not gone to plan. It has not <laughs> turned out how you thought. And I know that sometimes we go through these seasons, we've talked about it over the last few weeks, but I do want to highlight it because you know how you feel like sometimes you get something you don't deserve? Like, have you ever seen someone go through pain that they don't deserve it? Sometimes it's funny. Like, let's be honest, sometimes it's funny. Um, seeing someone get cracked in the head with a football when they're unsuspecting or you see stuff on YouTube and you have a good laugh. I had one of those moments even this like week. Um, I was up at the house that had been renoing and um, there's these kids in the street um, <laughs> that ride their bikes all the time and I had a moment where I couldn't stop. Like I, Honestly, I was in tears like laughing because it just... It was just like a comedy unfolding. I'm not joking. It was like a comedy unfolding. Uh, story goes that there's this teenager in the street. He's like probably like 14, 15, and he's got a younger sister who's learning to ride her bike. And as they're cruising up the street, he's showing off and doing a few wheelies. And this little kid, like she's probably like four maybe, and she's on training wheels and, you know, trying to keep up with her brother. He's yelling out, come on, hurry up. And she's like, wait for me. So he slows down. And he's not really watching where she's coming. And she comes soaring past him on her little bike, little pink bike with a bell, ding, ding, on the front, literally clips his back wheel. The whole of his bike just flips out. Like, I don't know. It was just priceless. This kid that was like 
super cool three seconds beforehand doing wheelies is now flat on his face. His little sister is completely oblivious and she's just taken off down the road. He's picking himself up. You know what I mean? Totally innocent and now he's suffering. Like the worst stuff. I, I remember at school having a similar situation. My brother threw me a cricket ball when I wasn't watching uh, at the bus stop and I didn't even know it was coming to me. It hit the ground, rolled onto the road, and, and my bro's like, get the cricket ball. And I'm like, look up, and a bus flies past and ricochets, like rolls over the cricket ball, ricochets, and it flies back at me, hits me in the shins at like 150k an hour. I dropped like a fly, like I literally dropped to the ground. Absolute agony. Couldn't walk for three days. Those sort of things are kind of funny. Suffering that happens, and you didn't, you were innocent. There's, you couldn't do anything, right? There's nothing you could do. And this year's a bit, been a bit like that for a lot of us. We went into this year, as I said, the grade 12. You went into this year, it was going to be a cracking year. You are going to lead the school. You had your formal, all these different events. And then it's just been wiped out. And hopefully, now you're going back, maybe some of that stuff can recover. And I, I hope it does. But I want to talk to you about a guy that kind of, he lived a great life, did nothing wrong. And he got hit with... Just an onslaught of stuff that couldn't be explained. And I want to share that with you today because there's something about dealing with suffering that we have to do on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis, yearly basis. Stuff comes into our life we can't expect and how do we actually deal with that? And that's what we're going to be chatting about today. In fact, coming from the great poet himself from Jesus is King, his latest album, Kanye West actually talks about this book in the Bible. You might have heard this song from On God. When I thought the book of Job was a job The devil had my soul, I can't lie Life gon' have some lows and some highs Before the Grammys ever gave a nine I wore my heart on my sleeve, I couldn't hide Oh, Kanye, you've done it well as I cough over you in the background <laughs> I swear I don't have it If it gets any worse, I'll go to the doctor Anyway Kanye West is, I thought the book of Job was a job. If you haven't ever opened this little book in your Bible, J-O-B, yeah, spelt like job, uh, probably one of the most talked about and discussed passages of Scripture. Okay, I'm going to open this up and then I want to chat about this because I think we can relate to this. And there's actually at the end of this, you do not do not tune out, right? At the end of this uh, session, <laughs> there's a moment in this book that I get terrified by. It's like the moment that I do not want to happen to me ever in my life. It's like, whoa. Uh, one of those moments, all right? So this is coming. Uh, you need to understand this, right? Understand that Job, the kick off the, the first book, download it on your version Bible app. Uh, if you've been doing that, make sure you, uh, you sort of message me on As Speaks. Love to hear from you. It says this, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. I just love that it was a land called Uz. And that man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. There were born to him seven sons and three daughters. He possessed 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 female donkeys, and very many servants, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. Okay, so... He has a lot of money. We understand that he is the richest guy, okay? Later on in chapter 1, we hear that Job, all of Job's family are currently at one of the brothers' house having a party. They're having food and drink. Um, Job's hanging out at home. And then a bunch of unfortunate events happen. It's kind of like those unfortunate event movies, you know, like everything just goes wrong. Um, 
rock up at his house. Um, the first messenger rocks up at his house, like knocks on the door, hey, Job, and he says this, hey, the oxen were ploughing and the donkeys were feeding, everything was going great, uh, but then um, some people came under attack, killed all of them <laughs> with the sword. And so you can imagine that <coughs> Job's not very happy about this. He's literally, he's like, oh, my gosh, all my, all my donkeys, all my oxen, they're all gone. And then another servant rocks up and knocks on his door at the same time and says, um, fire fell from heaven and burned up all your sheep. Literally, he's just lost all his possessions in one hit, like one swift blow. You can imagine if you were super rich and then for some reason you lost all your money. A lot of people feel that way right now with what we're going through. Obviously, jobs gone and you know unknowns and all that kind of stuff. So he's just lost everything, but he still had his family. And I think in times like this, the things that matter most are family. Would you agree? Like, there's, there's some things right now that you might be going through, but you're like, at least I've got family. I've got family. Um, but this is the moment, another knock at the door. It's not Uber Eats. It's not something you've ordered online in lockdown. He's, <laughs> he hasn't gone and consoled himself about his lost camels. He's literally just hanging out, and the guy rocks up and says, hey, Job, just so you know, some wind passed through a field where your son lives, hit all four corners of your house, it collapsed, everyone's dead, and I'm the only one that survived. So now Job has literally lost everything. And this is the setup for the book. Earlier in chapter one, there is a moment where it talks about Satan, this idea of a dark Lord. And this is where we get good and evil from. Uh, came to God and said, hey, I know that Job loves you now, but what happens if he goes through some tough times? And there's this conversation of God saying, well, he, he's, I know his heart is right. And Satan says, look, let me test him. Um, I reckon he'll turn away from you. And so this is kind of the sort of idea that stuff, bad stuff happens to good people. And how do we respond to it? What we find in this book is these three friends that come around Job, all right? Uh, three friends over a period of time rock up on Job's doorstep and start discussing with Job why he's going through much pain, so much pain. In chapter two, Job's own wife is so upset about how she's lost all her kid, everything, she tells Job to curse God and you know give up on God. Job decides, no, I don't, I don't understand but I'm not going to give up. Um, and then you see from chapter three on, uh, you get all of these mates rock up, these three friends in particular that rock up and start to give advice. The first guy comes along, and I'm not going to go into too much detail, but pretty much points out to Job, even though Job has nothing, done nothing wrong, he starts analyzing Job's life and starts going, well, maybe you're actually a horrible person. Maybe you have got stuff in your life you need to clean up, and that's why you're being punished. And Job argues with this guy for quite a while. The next guy comes along and is like, well, maybe people in your past, like family members before you did bad stuff, and they that's, that's why you're dealing with all this stuff. And so they go through this conversation and arguments with their friend, trying to tell him why he's having a bad time and why he's going through this. And then finally, I, I'm, I, I would encourage you to read this it's very interesting about a guy who's lost everything i mean this guy goes through so much he gets through the loss of all his family and then after he loses all his family he loses all his possessions you think it would get better but then he gets smacked down with a bunch of diseases where it says that he would scrape his skin because he had these boils on his skin and he would scrape them with with pottery like because it was so itchy and it would drive him mad can you imagine that going through this much torment, you've lost everything, now you're sick to this point, 
And it kind of comes naturally, doesn't it? When you go through stuff in your own life, you go through down times. And I think about this all the time because in high school, especially with relationships, you know, a guy and a girl, like if a girlfriend um, broke up with you or a boyfriend broke up with you, you often have your friends come around you and try and give you reason as to why you, you know, you've lost the love of your life in grade nine. Like you've lost it. It's over. Eat some ice cream. You know, you just, this is the sort of stuff that happens. Your friends just want to find reason. Well, you know, he, he don't deserve you and, you know, get back out there. Some of the advice that comes your way, you're just like, no, that's stupid. And you have these arguments. And this is pretty much what Job's going through because he's trying to figure out why um, his life is like this. There's this guy named Bildad. I just love their friends' names, like these guys, Zophar and then Eliphaz, all right? <laughs> Eliphaz is the best one because he's just like, well, you're just wicked because you just deserve all this sort of stuff and goes on and on and on. Like 32 chapters almost happen uh, in this book of Job trying to figure out suffering. You've got to understand that the conversation of suffering and why we go through stuff has been happening forever. This book, when it comes to scripture and old, like literally these stories, this is the oldest literature we have when it comes to the Bible. So if you think about that, the conversation of why good people suffer has been around for a very long time and it will continue. For thousands of years we've been talking about this and if you have had this conversation and you're like, I don't understand, like... I'm telling you, you'll keep having this conversation, but we can learn some things about how to respond really well. What I love is there's a guy from the land of Uz who rocks up in about chapter 32. His name is Elihu or Elihu. I don't know how to pronounce it, but he's a young guy. And I think there's something really interesting about this. And I think we can take away Elihu has been listening to these three supposed friends that have been giving horrible feedback. (laughs) horrible feedback and he's been watching and it gets him really angry and he's like no you're missing it you are missing it because Elihu has a different perspective on God you see the first three friends have this idea that that because the way we live we should deserve something it's this sort of idea of karma you know like you do bad and then it will happen to you well understand that God doesn't function in karma all right that's that's not Jesus, that's not how things work, but this is sort of how our headspace goes. If something bad happens to me, I must have done something bad. That's not correct. And so Elihu, he actually says this, and this is a really good point. Elihu was clearly a lot younger than these good friends, supposed friends. In chapter 32, he says this, I am young in years and you are aged. Therefore, I was timid and afraid to declare my opinion to you. I said, let days speak and many years teach wisdom. So he's sitting back on these old guys. They should know by now like how God works. So I'm going to listen. But he says this, But it is the spirit in man, the breath of the Almighty, that makes him understand. See, Elihu realizes that the most important thing for you to have to understand is to have God's breath in your lungs and his spirit within you. You need to be in connection with God to truly understand or find peace in times which don't make sense. He says, It is not the old who are wise, nor the aged who understand what is right. Therefore, I say, listen to me, let me also declare my opinion. Now, Elihu goes on to discuss some things that are very interesting. He goes on and says things like, God is a lot bigger than anything you can understand. And he kind of starts to rebuke Job, okay? And by rebuke him, in other words, he's pretty much saying, hey, Job, you need to chill out because you're complaining, you're whinging, you're arguing. And he even points out, he says, the Spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. This is in chapter 33. 
Understand, he says, hey, did you put the breath in your lungs? Did you, did you make a heartbeat in the morning, Job? Like, how did that happen? Did you somehow contribute to being born? Did that come about? And this is sort of this perspective, like, what have you done to make yourself live? And he goes on about how big God is. And this is where the part that I, I remember reading when I was younger. And because Job still argues with Elihu, right? I mean, he's had a rough life. And you might still be arguing with God right now. You might be upset about this year. You might be upset about your situation. You might be upset about things. Can I tell you, a lot of people have gone through a lot of stuff. I want to send some love out to my friends right now, Dylan and Amy. Um, wonderful people, like the best. They were getting married this year, later this year, and they're going to have friends and family come out from around the world for their wedding. And obviously in these current times, you can't do weddings like you used to, so they've had to minimize their numbers, and they can just get married next week with a very small number. What I love about them is they've just got this great outlook about it. You know, So many people would get up in arms and lose their minds over it, but they're just so beautiful about how they're doing it. See, stuff happens to good people that we can't see. Even for my own mum, last week, she on my birthday had to go in for an operation on her back because something happened in her spine that wasn't great and she had a back operation. Did she do anything for that to happen? No. Um, but the reality is it happened. And these sort of things happen to all of us, you know, things that we cannot understand. And sometimes we can really argue with God. I remember yelling at God years ago. I'd had a really bad breakup and I was hurting. I was in so much pain. I felt like I'd done nothing wrong and now I was being punished for it. And I remember screaming at God, ah, you know, like getting really angry. I think emotion's fine. I think it's okay. But it's really important to come back to this point. I'm glad that when I have lost my mind, God didn't respond like he responded to Job. In chapter 38, it says the Lord answers Job. And it says that the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. Imagine this massive storm coming through. And he answers Job because Job is making so much noise, complaining so much, arguing with his friends. Now he's arguing with Elihu. He's blaming God for everything. And in verse 3 of chapter 38, this is where it gets really real. And I, I'm telling you, uh, this scares me. In this version that I'm reading right now from uh, the ESV, it says, Dress for action like a man. This is God speaking to Job. I will question you and you will make it known to me. In another version, which I love, it literally says, God says to Job, Job, brace yourself like a man. I'm going to ask you questions. You will answer me. Just stop there for a second. Can you imagine the creator of the universe? All right. He spoke into being the creator of the universe. Everything that we have, everything we see, it's spoken into being. All powerful, literally nails you in a storm with the words, brace yourself like a man. I'm going to ask you some questions and you are going to answer me. This is what happens to Job. God then starts asking these kind of questions that kind of put Job in his place. Like he says this in verse 4 of chapter 38. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. He goes on about creation. He's just like throwing stuff. He's like, boom, boom, boom. Where were you when the lightning was? And so what we see is that this moment happens, right? In chapter 40, because God just unleashes. God says, shall a fault finder contend with the Almighty? He who argues with God, let him answer it. Seriously. I don't know about you. If that happened to me, I'd probably pee my pants. It says this, and I think we'd all relate. If we all had God go, hey, I know you've been complaining about your life this year. But let me tell you who's in charge. And this response, I think we all have. It says, Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am of small account. 
What shall I answer you? I lay my hand on my mouth. I have spoken once. I will not answer twice, but I will proceed no further. He's literally just covering his mouth in absolute fear. He's like, oh my gosh, I have stirred up the beast. (laughs) I'm not going to say anymore. You know when you've gone too far in an argument with your parents and then all of a sudden they kind of, you know, and you're like, you know. (laughs) Kind of reminds me of when I get in a little, you know, fight with Beck. Occasionally she kind of just puts me in a place. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll be quiet now. I'll be quiet. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. No more. This happens to Job. God goes on, keeps just telling him, hey, Job, get your perspective right. I'm in charge here. I know what's going on. Trust me. Chapter 42. We've just done the full book of Job. Chapter 42. Then Job answers the Lord and says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is that that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Hear and I will speak. I will question you and you make it known to me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now I see with my eyes. Therefore, I despise myself and I repent in dust and ashes. This is the moment. If you're listening right now, this is the moment. We cannot understand the suffering. I cannot understand why my mum had to have an operation last week. I love your mum if you're listening. Happy Mother's Day. We cannot understand when we lose a loved one too young. We cannot understand when mum and dad are going through separation. We don't understand uh, why the breakup happened with our relationships. We do not understand why our plans have been thwarted. But this moment really stands out to me because we can hear about God, but to know God and see how he works, it really takes time. It really takes time. And Job kind of just gets to a point, he goes, I'm nothing, like you created me. One day I'll go back to the dust and I put you back in charge. After that, God actually goes to all the friends that have been giving bad advice and he gives them an earful. What I do love though is that after Job just kind of got his life right again, he just sort of went, you know what, I can't change the past. Because we can't, this is the thing, we often live in the past, we can't change what's happened in 2020. But we can change our attitude towards what happens in the future and how we view what could happen, our perspective. You can't change up until May 2020. You cannot change it. The future's looking bright, we're heading in the right direction, but we can change what we have left of this year. It actually says, this is the beautiful thing, uh, in verse 10, it says, The Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends. Can you imagine if your friends gave you bad advice and actually led you further down the rabbit hole? Like your friends gave you really bad advice and it made your life worse and you just hated them because of what they'd done. This is what Job had going on in his life. It says that God restored the fortunes of Job once he had prayed for his friends. There's something in that. You might have been let down by your friends. Can I just say, pray for your friends. They might have let you down, but you know what? The interesting thing about this whole passage is that it highlights that no one really knows why bad things happen. No one really knows the full picture and what's going on. But God restores the fortunes when Job prays for his friends and he actually he, he looks out for his friends. He shows love and compassion to his friends and forgives his friends. 
It's interesting, directly after that, it says this, and the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. He literally ends up with 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camel, <laughs> 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, 1,000 female donkeys. He ends up with another seven sons, another three daughters. Um, he has this incredible life. He lives for another 140 years of his life. He gets to enjoy the next season. And it took him close to 40-odd chapters of arguing with God and arguing with friends and trying to figure things out before he went, okay, God, yeah, I didn't make me. I can't make me live. I'm here. I'm going to be thankful for what I have. The book of Job, suffering. What are you doing this week? How are you responding to what you're going through? Hopefully it doesn't take you 40 chapters of your life arguing with what happened in the past to get to a point where you realize that we won't know everything. You know, we won't know everything. I don't know everything. There's things that will happen in my life that I just have to get to a point where I don't know. But I do know this, that I'm thankful for the breath of my lungs. I, had, I did nothing to put it there. And I'm thankful for the moments that I have. They might be gone tomorrow. I don't know. So this week, the book of Job, go and read it if you want. Go find it on your version app. It's a really interesting one. Hopefully this week, you don't have a moment where God speaks in a storm and says, brace yourself like a man. I will ask you questions, you'll answer. No one wants to get that happening in their life. It's a challenge to me. It keeps me on track. It's the oldest conversation that humankind is having. What do we do when suffering hits, when bad things happen to good people? Maybe this week you feel like your sister's the one that's wiped out your back, tie your flat on your face, trying to pick up the pieces, and you did nothing wrong. Maybe you've experienced some pain this week. I want to challenge you, instead of going to complain and trying to figure it out, just come back to God and say, God, I don't understand, but I trust you. You are bigger than me. Give me a fresh start. Pray for your friends if they've let you down. Have an excellent week. If it has helped you, share it on As Speaks, share it on your Instagram, your socials. Check out justmotivation.com.au if you'd like me to get back in your schools when schools fire up again. Have an awesome week. It's been great chatting. 